You're listening to Average Joe Sports Talk Podcast with your boy Emac. Yo, what up, everybody? Your boy Emac coming at you. Episode 28. Back at it, baby. Back at the grind. One more week. And this week, a lot of headlines in the NFL, baby. Week 13 came and brought it. And again, we had some upsets. We had some other storylines that changed some teams' uh, outcomes here. And some uh, really crazy games. So, so you know what? Without further ado, why don't we just get on it? Let's go, baby. NFL Week 13. Takeaway and reactions. Coming up. Week 13 started out with a bang. I mean, after I anointed and crowned the Saints last week in that 10-game winning streak to being the top team in the NFL, they go ahead and completely shit the bed on Thursday night against the Cowgirls, against the Dallas Cowgirls. One of the ugliest games of the season by far. I mean, you know, Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott scored the only Dallas touchdown of the game. That Cowboys D was stifling, stifled Drew Brees in the whole game. I mean, they did not let him breathe. And Dallas has a one-game lead in that crappy, crapshoot division of the NFC East. Brees could not get anything going. 127 passing yards. Brees have thrown that this year in a quarter. What stands out for me the most is that Dallas defense, man. That front four, they got these young bucks. They are nasty. I mean, really, really nasty. These cats are going to pressure, and that's what they did. They made Brees uneasy. They had six hits on them, three sacks. They were, I mean, I had no idea what was going on. They, they, they just not let anything generate. I mean, Kamara was nowhere to be found. 36 yards rushing. I mean, they stopped the rush. They stopped the passing game. It's like a complete shutdown. Forced three fumbles. So all of a sudden, Dallas came up and stopped the hottest team in the league. The number one team in the league that I anointed last week just got the E-Man curse. Remember, I anointed KC as the number one team in the league a couple of weeks ago, and they lost to uh, New England, and then, you know, they lost to the Rams, but that's okay. Uh, at the end of the show, I'm going to go with my power rankings with my, you know, my three contenders and then the three pretenders that got a, probably a chance to get in there uh, and make some noise and kind of compete and make it a little difficult for uh, the top three teams to make it to the Super Bowl. But we'll leave that towards the end of the show anyway. But man, I just cannot. I didn't see this coming. I, I bet the over on this game and it was nowhere near. Nowhere near the over on um, on this game. Winning winning streaks got to end. And at, at one point, at 10 points, you, you thought it was going to end with another team, you know, maybe facing the, the Chiefs. But, hey, it didn't happen. It was the Dallas Cowgirls who actually put the smackdown on, on Breeze. I just don't get it. Moving on to Lamar Jackson. Again, guys, Matt Tebow action going on here. This is so familiar, again, during the Tebow years. Because he's in a three-game winning streak. And let me tell you the way it's going to go down. Flacco is injured, just like just like I mentioned last week. The same thing happened to Kyle Orton. And Tebow came in and went on a seven-game winning streak on fire. But what's going on here is that, unfortunately for Flacco, if this kid keeps winning, and it's not like he's putting impressive numbers, again, they are running the hell out of the ball. And for the third consecutive game, game the Ravens have rushed over 200 yards. They have a great defense. Great defense, just like the Denver Broncos of the Tebow days, which keeping them in there. They got a good field goal kicker, Justin Tucker, who, by the way, went 4 for 4. 12 of those points were all his. 12, 12 points were scored by the field goal kicker of the 26. You know, Lamar had one rushing touchdown, and then after that, it was defensive touchdowns. And, dude, 
they just rushed the crap out of the ball. Edwards, Gus Edwards had 82 yards again. Another, they didn't get 100, but man, ground and pound. Lamar, 17 carries, 75 yards. Again, college style option football because that's the only thing they could do to accommodate the skills of Lamar Jackson because he cannot sling it, man. I'm not saying the kid doesn't have an arm. He's just not accurate for, for nothing. I mean, he went 12 out of 21, 125 yards. And when he starts facing better competition, because, you know, it was the Atlanta passing, the Atlanta Falcons who cannot stop anybody, not including a rookie quarterback that can't throw the ball. But it's insane how much they're running this football. Alex Collins has got it's her for the season. It was actually out this game. But they still manage over 200 rushing yards. Pretty freaking sick. Ty Montgomery is like their fourth option on the ground. But Ty Montgomery is also because it's such a run first and then kind of like dink and donk passing game because they're not going to throw it deep. I feel bad for Crabtree and uh, what's his name? Uh, my boy, uh, Willie Sneed, because they won't be able to get anything down deep. But man, three games in a row. Flacco's not getting his job back until this kid goes ahead and, and puts a game that he goes, you know, 12 for 31 and, uh, you know, five interceptions and no touchdowns and nothing in the ground, which is going to stop. Eventually, he's going to come down to reality. But right now, he's hot. And right now, people are going to go with what's hot. And that's what Lamar Jackson is. Just hotness at the moment. Flashiness, highlights, elusiveness. Again, he's no Cam Newton because he cannot throw like Cam. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not Drew Brees because he's the kind of the quarterbacks that I kind of categorize him. He's definitely Team Tebow. But you know what? They won three in a row. So guess what? Flacco ain't coming in. And as long as they're winning, they got to keep him in. That's just the bottom line. But there's nothing really consistent about this kid. He won't be starting in the NFL probably in, in five years, maybe sooner than that. But y'all, keep riding the hot streak, though, Ravens. They're going to sneak up on the, they're, you know, the Steelers are going to give that division to the Ravens. They're still letting the Ravens hang around. So kudos to them. Another interesting takeaway from this week, man, how Arizona, and I'm giving it the upset of the week, Arizona beat the Packers. And the craziest thing about this that this I, i've been saying since the beginning of the year this has been the year of the kickers the year of good kickers missing a lot of field goals and a lot of extra points zane gonzalez the browns kicker who got waived at the beginning of the year after going 0-3 in one game and then losing you know the first game of the season he lost like three games uh, you know on his own fault because he missed field goals game-winning field goals hits two 40 plus field goals in this game and he kicked the 44 yard field goal with 141 remaining to beat the packers Zane Gonzalez, the guy that got waved by the freaking Browns, is right now the hero for the Cardinals. Isn't this league great? On the flip side, Mason Crosby, who's as consistent as hell, has had already a game that's got 0 for 4 from field goals, missed four field goals and, and two field goals and three field goals, missed a 49-year attempt that was, you know, with time expiring that was going to tie the game. Holy cow. Second game of the year that he blows the game for the Packers. What a way to spoil Aaron Rodgers' birthday. I hope he bought Aaron Rodgers dinner or some drinks after the game and a bottle of Johnny Blue to make up for it because, man, he just screwed up Rodgers royally on his birthday. He was trying to do, yeah, man, comeback kick kind of style, but it didn't, it didn't pan out that way. The only positive outcome about this game is that they finally fire Packers coach Mike McCarthy. Rodgers won a Super Bowl with them. They made the playoffs plenty of times. They've had like six or seven or eight, I think, 10-game uh, winning seasons, but I think it's time to go. Out goes Mike McCarthy. In goes the infamous Joe Philbin getting a second opportunity at a head coaching job. Even though it's interim, remember he was with the Dolphins and whoa, what a shit show that was. It was completely bad. It was unbelievably like horrible watching this guy coach the Dolphins into oblivion. And like anybody else, like nobody has done a better, a, a, a better job anyway. So, but Philbin's going to be interesting. He's a very nice guy. 
and they'll have the cleanest locker room in the NFL. I'll tell you that much because when he was down here, that's all it was, man. He was a clean, he had that locker room clean, man. You couldn't curse. I mean, he took it to uh, Ocho Cinco when he was at the team. He told him, yo, he, he got dropped because of his uh, domestic violence. I mean, he, yo, he doesn't mess around, man. He's a strict guy. He's a very strict guy. At the end of the day, the locker room doesn't end up buying into his strictness. And at the same time, the locker room doesn't end up following this guy because he loses, he'll lose the locker room in the next four games. I think the Packers, it's time to sit Rodgers down. Rodgers had, I, don't, I, don't want, I want to say a mediocre season. But for a mediocre season, is in Rodgers' standards and Aaron Rodgers' standards because he has 20 touchdowns and one interception. A lot of quarterbacks would love to have those kind of stats. But I think it's time to reevaluate that whole team. You just gave Roger, the, he's the highest paid player in the NFL with the most guaranteed money. I think it's time for the Packers to evaluate what kind of weapons you're going to put around Rodgers because this cannot go on. What is he, 35? He wants to play into his early 40s. Place with a very aggressive style. He's a running quarterback. A lot of running back quarterbacks don't make it to 40 because they take a lot of hits, and he takes a lot of hits. Playing hurt all season, again, apart, and I'm repeating myself, Devontae Adams is like your best receiver, and then after that, you got a bunch of cap drivers, and that includes Jimmy Graham. Aaron Jones is not a bad running back, but it's not your man. Maybe they'll pick up Kareem Hunt. And what about the G-Man? Finally, my G-Man, bro, get another win, which I'm getting kind of pissed at these wins now because he's going to ruin the chance of the draft. All right, now we're four and eight, man. We're four and freaking eight. Come on, G-Man, cut it out. So they win an OT 30-27. They actually had this game in complete control, but they let the Bears come back at them and make it interesting. And OBJ, second time of the season, has another. Uh, he threw for another touchdown, and it happens to be over 40 yards. This was 49 yards, and what a pass, huh? Look, I, I'm not a fan of OBJ because he's so entitled, and he's a little uh, crybaby, prima donna, high maintenance, but I never said he's not an athlete. The kid is a freak of nature kind of athlete. He's a freak athlete, bro. He, you see that he slung, he slinged that ball 49 yards on the run, getting away after he caught it. He has a lot of athletic ability. And I just love when um, he kind of muffed that, you know, that, when he got away from that, um, that punt. I just love how he said he gave a speech and got there with his teammates. And he got really sentimental because he's very, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's an emotional guy. He wears his emotion on his sleeve and he gave it to the team. And he said, he's going to come out here and play hard. And I love how he said, nobody should ever question my effort and my heart. You know what, dude? The dude works hard. He does practice a lot. He works on his craft. No doubt about it. But I do got a major problem. It's his entitlement and his prima donna attitude. But yo, he does play hard. But his heart may not be in the right place all the time. Because you can't have heart and give effort when you're throwing temper tantrums in the sidelines. Again, he doesn't have any leadership qualities. But the Giants, you know, got another win. And Eli looked as horrible as always did. He just got lucky that, you know, OBJ threw a nice touchdown pass out there to help him out. So right now, OBJ has the longest pass, pass attempts, and completions of the season via air. I'm not talking about passing it to Zaquan Barkley, you know, for five yards and he's taking a 75. I'm talking about a pass that travels 49 yards or 40 yards in the air and is uh, received and caught by a receiver. Eli hasn't even done that yet, and OBJ has done it twice. That's the kind of year has been there for the, for the Giants, bro, my G-man. But hey, they got another uh, win, and at this point, I don't care anymore. I hope they lose the rest of the games because we do need one of those quarterbacks man there's like three quarterbacks that are on fire right now and um in college you know with Tua and I can pronounce his last name the guy Kyle Murray the guy from Duke and I forget the guy from Oregon who's the most talented the most you know high uh recruited the most high high um the most uh, rated the highest rated right now um I don't know their names we'll probably do it I'll probably do a show about these cats when they run for the um for the Heisman race anyway but yeah man my G-man my G-man came buck wow did their thing huh and a little too freaking late, dumbasses. Saquon Barkley, again, consistent. 24 carries, 125 yards. Does his thing on the ground. This time that he have, you know, three receptions. He's still doing his thing. I mean, this guy's just nasty. 
he's just plain, plain nasty. And I think the Bears lost this one. Chase Daniels, you know what, two picks. What are you going to do? That's your backup, the highest backup quarterback of all time right there. A highest paid backup quarterback of all time. Let me rephrase myself. But you knew the Bears were not going to keep this up. But the Bears are still alive. And they're probably going to take that division because the Vikings are completely um, giving it away. And talking about the Vikings, man, your $28 million man, all guaranteed contract quarterback, Kirk Cousins, again, cannot beat a top five quarterback or a game in prime time. All right. And national television. Another non-existence performance by Mr. Cousins here. And dude. I don't know what it is with Cousins in top competition. 32 out of 44. Couldn't get Thielen going. The best wide receiver. One of the best wide receivers in the game. He did catch a touchdown for 28 yards. Remember, this guy went like seven straight games over 100 yards receiving. And they, they completely disappeared. Dalvin Cook, no running game whatsoever. And they go ahead and uh, lose 24 to 10. Of course, New England bounces back from last week's loss. 24 to 32. Brady, 311 yards. Brady does what Brady does. Right now rushing the football well with Sonny Michel and James White. And then your best receiver in the team, which is called James White, with seven catches. He has the most catches for in the team. So he's a running back leading the team in receptions. Seven more catches, 92 yards. Gordon had a touchdown, a nice long uh, 24-yard reception touchdown. And let me tell you something. They went out there, executed. They're 9-3. and three. They're going to win that. They want to win their division. And they, they are definitely sneaking up to lead the Pretenders pack as... You know, trying to sneak into the top three of the Saints, Rams, and Chiefs. So right now, you can never count New England out. You know, to me, they are going to compete. The road still has to go through New England because they are the the former, uh, not defending champs, but they're, you know, they're, they're, they made it to the Super Bowl last year and they made it the last two years. So New England is going to give everybody competition. Don't sleep on New England. This is what New England does every year. We don't have to talk about it. It's Brady, man. It's Brady and Belichick. He does it with anybody and nobody. That's what Brady does. The package, the system only works if Brady is a quarterback. Brady without Belichick, Belichick without Brady. But I think Brady's more important than Belichick because if Brady goes away, this New England system that Belichick is so highly anointed with and um, not criticized, but, you know, given props for, would not work without the type of quarterback Tom, Tom is. So they're definitely contenders. They're like the fourth contenders. You know, the lower tier contenders is the New England Patriots. And I got two more teams for you anyway, so. Not bad. They bounced back. Good win. It is what it is. But I got, I got um, I got the Patriots, man, going sneaking in there, sneaking in there with a run, man. They're nine and three. Don't sleep on them. And the Steelers and Chargers, man. I don't know what's happened with the Steelers, but they lost two in a row, and they are just giving the game away. I mean, this game, and and I want to react on the game because this game was very, very tight, man. The Steelers had full control in the first half, and I don't know what happened, but I know Philip Rivers caught freaking fire in the second half. All right, they were on fire. There was a, such a bizarre ending to the game. But before that, Phillip Rivers was, to me, the most underrated quarterback in the history of this game because he hasn't won much. He makes the playoffs, doesn't make it consistently. But, you know, to me, he is the most underrated quarterback in the history of this game. So anyways, it was 23-7 to at the half. Steelers were up. And this is after a week that Rivers tie the NFL record for most completions, uh, most consecutive completions with 25. I think Ty Payton's Manning, he was the last person to have it. Goes on fire in the second half, like 21 out of, or something like that. It was like 11 out of 10 or something ridiculous. I know he ended up with two touchdowns and 299 yards. And they come back and it becomes a, a scoring frenzy as they take the lead. And of course, the third quarter is when they had that huge fourth quarter. I mean, Pittsburgh didn't score in the third and then they scored 26 unanswered. And then Pittsburgh, you know, um, went ahead and scored seven points to tie the game. 
And um, of course, AB bowled out. James Conner had another good game. Finally came back after having subpar, real below average two games uh, before this one. But he actually scores two touchdowns in James Conner. And, you know, AB, Antonio Brown, man, 10 receptions, 154 yards, one TD. He was just, he was just on fire, unconscious. But the story of this game was Phillip Rivers putting all those points in the second half, bringing the team back, tying it, taking the lead, and then putting them in position at a last-minute uh, drive, which one of the most bizarre endings of a game that, I could, uh, that I've ever witnessed. Pittsburgh committed three consecutive offside penalties. The first one, the kicker actually missed the field goal. The Chargers kicker missed the field goal, but it was offside. Second one, offside again as they blocked the, the field goal attempt. So they kept giving opportunities by these offsides by not only giving the 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 Chargers kicker, which I can't for, I can't remember the guy's name right now. Uh, what's what's this kicker's name, man? Uh, Bagley. Yeah, that's right, Bagley. The guy goes one for two, and he has two extra points. So he goes in there, and I believe this guy's a rookie. Has an attempt to win the game three freaking times. So the Steelers gave this guy an attempt to win the game three different opportunities, two different you know three different opportunities for this kid to go out there and try to win the game. Finally does it, kicks the game winning field goal and is all happy with nothing remaining. Because remember there was there was three consecutive offside penalties on the Steelers. So the Steelers are giving this division away, man. They're giving this division away practically to the Ravens. Ravens are hot and the Steelers are just playing like bizarre and I am puzzled by the way they're they they've lost the last two games after looking good the previous weeks. So it's a roller coaster ride, just like other teams in the NFL, just like Cam Newton's Carolina Panthers. I mean, they they again they they're so up and down this year. I'm not even gonna touch on that team, but they're so up and down this year, just like the Steelers, that one week they look like the like the real deal, like contenders, and their quarterbacks look like, you know, they're they're gonna be MVP candidates. And then all of a sudden they go down on the downslope, this downswing for the next couple of games and look completely mediocre and just puts their team in a really awkward position, not even to make the playoffs. But the Steelers are giving this division away. The Chargers are my other pretenders are jumping into that fifth seed as making a run. They're making a run, man. They're nine and three and they're making a run. Uh, Lynn, their head coach, has these, this team kind of inspired, man. I think they have these boys, uh, this boy playing nasty. That's a lot to say. Kudos to the Chargers. They're hot right now. Uh, they've beaten a couple of good teams back-to-back weeks. They're playing very, very consistent. And the story's being changed here, man. They're a team that's winning. Teams like the Vikings are not. Teams like Packers are not. The Falcons. I mean, these are all teams that were favorite to do really well this year. And they've just completely gone off the grid. There's no doubt about it. Bro, and what about the Rams and the Chiefs, man? They're still in the top three. After that beautiful, legendary Monday Night Football record-setting historic game that they had, uh, a couple of weeks ago, because they, they were both on a bye, they come back and they do what they need to do. They take care of business and win their games. Gurley bowled out for the Rams. I mean, there, it was like 30 to 16, the final score. Uh, Jared Goff did his thing. The Chiefs, likewise, led by Mahomes, who bowled out with four more touchdowns, right now has 40 touchdowns. And let me tell you something. After Drew Brees' subpar performance last week, okay, against the um, against the Cowboys, Andrew Luck getting shut out six to nothing by the Jags with Cody Kessler at the helm, which is not much better than Blake Bortles. Right now, I had Breeze as the leading MVP contender when I did my top five, you know, um, MVP candidates, offensive MVP candidates for the NFL. I think Mahomes just went over Breeze. Four more touchdowns. 
11 interceptions. He has 40 for the year. There's four games left, if I'm not mistaken. No, three games left in the regular season. He needs 55 to break Peyton Manning's record. And it's a possibility he'll get close or even do it if this kid goes on one of those seven touchdown games. I think Mahomes, with this performance, has taken the lead in the offensive category for MVP over Brees right now. That's a lot to say, man. And man, and Jared Goff, he's still hanging around. But this is what two class act organizations, the kind of year they're having, they went ahead and they did their thing. They just came back from their bye week after a, an exhausting game and a, such a great game, and they handled their opponents. I mean, even though they were both really bad opponents they were facing, but that's what you do. You, you blow out bad opponents. I can't believe they gave up 33 points to the Raiders, the Chiefs did, but they scored 40. So what the hell? It doesn't matter. That's what they do. The Chiefs, you know, play D. Don't play D. They, they score more points than they allow. That's the name of the game. And the Rams just came back. You know, Gurley bowled out of his mind. Two touchdowns, 130-something yards rushing. That's what, that's what good teams do. They bounce back really quick. And, you know, Gurley had a complete, the worst game of his season so far. A bad game for Gurley, who's been balling, who's in the in the MVP conversation himself. And that's what, the, that's what they're supposed to do, man. That's what good teams do. They come back and they bounce back and they win. And about bouncing back, I am going to go over this real quick in regards to uh, Kareem Hunt being released by the Chiefs due to uh, domestic violence here. And I'm not going to harp on this. I am not going to go into full detail because everybody's seen the video. Everybody has read the columns and the headlines. I am going to give you my two cents in this whole deal uh, from the you know standpoint of the, the Chiefs. And I'm going to try to figure out what the hell was Kareem Hunt thinking. I don't get this. These players, man, in this day and age, everybody has cameras, old businesses, hotels, restaurants because it's very affordable to buy cameras and stream stuff man and film stuff everybody has a phone that has a freaking camera especially when you are a celebrity a sports figure sports athlete who everybody's gonna be looking for bro you need to control yourself a little different than an average joe who is staying at the same hotel and gets into a fight because he's drunk whether it's a woman whether it's a kid doesn't matter you guys, I mean, these athletes are held at a different standard because they're public figures. And anywhere, anybody has freaking cameras, bro. It's affordable. Anybody can just have it. This is not the 1980s or the 70s or even the 90s or the early 2000s. This is something that every business has. And it's, and they, and it's very affordable to have a service where you could like, you know, download your, your footage and stream, man, and keep it in the cloud. And then you can have access to it anytime. So anyway, this happened back in February. Everybody knows the video just got re recently released. It was at a Cleveland hotel where Kareem Hunt lives. And again, it was, you know, the, the hotel had a policy that they don't release any videos or footage unless it's to the authority. And of course, when TMZ comes calling and offers that cash, somebody's going to go ahead and record that and give a copy of that to anybody from TMZ. And what happened here? Yes, dude, you don't hit a chick. Never. You don't hit a woman. Let me rephrase myself. I apologize for the chick comment. But you don't. And even if it was you pushing your homie into her which is that's bad. You're an athlete who's like super strong and like in the best shape of your life. But also, I'm sorry, the girl's on the ground and you're going to go ahead and kick her while she's down. I know that the police quit the investigation because they didn't press any charges towards Kareem Hunt. I understand the they closed it because it was a misdemeanor and not a felony. It was an assault or aggravated assault or whatever the case may be. But the problem here is that Kareem Hunt probably was not truthful to the Chiefs. That's the reason why he got released. So the video comes out. It looks bad. The Chiefs probably saw that Kareem Hunt was not completely honest about the, every detail of what happened that night. And we don't know that because we don't know what happened behind closed door between the Chiefs and Kareem Hunt. Maybe Kareem Hunt didn't tell him that, hey, man, 
I got into an altercation with a chick. I pushed her. That's it. Then maybe he didn't tell him that. Pushed one of the one guy into her, tackling her down. She woke up a little woozy, fell down again, and then she kicked her while he was on the ground. While she was on the ground. Maybe all that was not mentioned during the meeting back in February. And of course, everything was said. The you know, I remember when this came out in February and, and in March, I was like, you know, we did our investigation. You know, the police went ahead and dismissed it. It was a misdemeanor. There was no, you know, no charges filed. There was no charges pressed. So therefore, you know, he's a young cat who's 23, who make mistakes in life, but he's learned from it. Blah, 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 blah. Then this video, Black Eye on the Chiefs. Now, the NFL and the cops, two different entities. So there's two different investigations. The Police investigation was closed already because it was a misdemeanor. There was no charge, no, no, you know, no charges pressed by the 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 person that got assaulted, the, the woman that got assaulted, the girl that got assaulted, and they left it as is. Don't get me wrong; I, I won't be surprised if Kareem Hunt went ahead and uh, slipped some money up in the up in the girl. I'm like, yo, listen, man, I'm sorry, my bad. Here's here's about 100k. Just drop it. Don't press any charges. That's probably what happened. But after it's all said and done, eight months later, nine months later, whatever the time is from February, everything has been quiet down. Hey, man, let's release this video and get paid. That's probably where the hotel employee who probably downloaded the the footage was like, yo, let me, let me make about 20K up in here, man, or 5,000 or whatever the case may be and release this video, man, I, you know, uh, on the DL. And of course, the chief saw this and there was probably some holes that, like they said in their in their statement when they released Mr. Kareem Hunt is that, you know, it wasn't he wasn't truthful and, you know, this is not what the chief stand for. Bye-bye. Again, dude, number one, it doesn't matter who you are. You just do not hit a woman. A man is way stronger than a woman. I think the only woman that could probably defend herself in this world is called Ronda Rousey. You could beat up probably 70, 75% of guys. That girl did not look like Ronda Rousey. Just that one push, when he pushed that guy that ran, you know, the barrel into her, you could see how that girl was a little bit concussed when she was getting up a little like woozy and, and, and you know, kind of lost. And then you kick her while she's down. That's, that's not right. But the Chiefs made a statement. We're not going to, that's not our image. That's not what we want our young players or any players in our team to portray. I mean, they released Kareem Hunt who's 23 years old. It's not like they released Ray Rice, who was already on the downhill of his career. Kareem Hunt led the league in rushing last year as a rookie, having another sick year so far in this insane offense with Patrick Mahomes, and they released him. Okay, they released their few, their, their, one of their staples because guess what? This is a big deal. The NFL did not push him to release him before the NFL kind of like the investigation is still open on the NFL because the investigation from the NFL was still open. They probably reopened the investigation or added more fuel to the fire. But before the Chiefs had to deal with it, they went ahead and got rid of one of the best young running backs in the league. Because guess what? They're not having domestic violence or any type of violence against women in any form. And they said, I don't care how good you are. That's what they're telling the league and the fans. I don't care how good a player is. We're going to drop you. We're going to drop your ass right away. People don't behave the way they're supposed to and represent this team the way they should. That's ballsy, man. Dropping a player of that caliber, that's ballsy. And you know what? I give them props. An organization to do that is a lot of things in risk. They risk, you know, attendance. They risk winning. But I, importantly, I think ethics take a front seat to winning, attendance, and money. And that's what the Kansas City Chiefs went ahead and proved to the world that we're not with that, man. That's not what we're all about. Patrick Mahone said the same thing, man, after the after the um, end of the game. He said, that's not what we're all about. You just don't do that kind of thing. Busy week in the in the NFL, man. Busy, busy week. Week 13 was full of highlights. There's a lot of stuff going on, man. You know, the playoffs are coming through. Three more regular season games. It's getting near to the end. And I think right now, the three top contenders are still there. 
That's why I'm going to close the show with my power rankings. Got the Rams at number one, Chiefs at number two, Saints slipped down to number three. Those are my top three teams. They've been my top three teams all year after week five or six. They've been my top three teams. And kind of like in that fourth spot, I'm going to give you the four, five, and six teams that I think are going to have a decent shot at dethroning one of these teams. But they are, they are, you know, they're putting the name of the hat. They're creating some buzz, all right, to the, you know, as, as contenders. They're still in my pretenders list, but they're my top pretenders. Number four, I got the Patriots. You got to always count the Patriots. There's no doubt about it. I got the Chargers who, wow, they are making some noise. I didn't think that the Chargers were going to have this kind of season. And Melvin Gordon went down and they still look put a heck of a game against a good Steelers team. And then the Texans. Texas, surprisingly, man, are 9-3. and three. Also, just like the Chargers and the Patriots. Pretty good, huh? I mean, they went ahead, I guess, a crappy um, Browns team, which, you know, Baker Mayfield went down to reality after uh, getting getting his ass kicked this last week by the Texans. So, I mean, what else can you say? Right now, the Patriots got a lock on the AFC East. Pittsburgh, that's wide open. I think the Ravens are sticking around with Lamar Magic, um, you know, on this three-game winning streak. The Texans, right now, the Colts losing last week, you know, against that shutout. It was more like a baseball game. Did not help their causes. They lost one, even though they were on a nice game winning streak. I mean, the Texans are 9-3. and three. They they have a nice lead on that division. I think they're going to go ahead and take it. The Chiefs, forget about the Chiefs. They're doing their thing. Nobody's going to catch them. The Chargers are right behind them at 9-3. and three. There's still some opportunity that the Chargers can. That's the part that I don't get. The Chiefs have been on fire all year long. And quietly, the Chargers are standing there. That's why I want to put them as a number five team. And they're sticking around, man. They're really sticking around. For the Bears, you know, if uh, Trubisky comes back, I think they're, they're going to take that division because the Vikings cannot beat anybody that's worth a shit. And they cannot beat anybody that's good. They cannot beat the, a good quarterback team. So if he face, if the bike, the Vikings face, which they have the, the hardest schedule left of the year, they face a good quarterback or a decent quarterback, Kirk Cousins cannot bring it. So they're 6-5-1, and one, and the Bears are eight and, uh, actually 8-5 and five now after the loss to the Giants. But I think the Bears are going to pull that one off because the Vikings ain't got nothing and the, and the Packers ain't coming nowhere. Saints are 10-2. and They got to take that division because the Panthers were, what, 6-4? and four? And all of a sudden, the last, uh, they lost four in a row. I mean, they were actually 6-2, and they were six and two, and they lost the last four. I mean, Cam Newton looks like a superstar, like the MVP of the league, and then all of a sudden, crashing down. It's like Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Roller coaster Cam Newton ride. That's, that's the, the way Cam Newton's career has been all year. The Rams are the team that already clinched a playoff berth. They're 11-1. That's why I got them a number one. And then number one team, just... Plain and simple, period. Enough said. That's the end of the show. I did nothing but NFL today. There was so much going on in the NFL with Kareem Hunt. Uh, some of the upsets, some of the the games that you know put a stronghold. Some of these uh, pretenders, man, like the the Chargers and um, and the Patriots. All right, and the Texans are nine and three, and they're right there in the thick of things. They're the you know they are the pretenders that I think are gonna have a shot and are gonna make it difficult in the playoff hunt, man, for uh, the top three. What a, what a week! What a week! And that's all, folks. That's what I got this week, boys and girls. Thank you for listening. If you're a loyal listener to all my new listeners, please subscribe and hit the like button. And below, all social media, as usual, please follow me on Twitter. If you guys want me to talk about anything you guys want to hear in regards to sports, baseball, basketball, football, I don't do college football, man. I suck at that. Go ahead. Follow me on Twitter. Direct DM me. Send me a direct message. Let me know what you want me to holler about. All right? Your boy E-Man signing out. Peace. Oh.